It's so good to have you here. It's so good to have you here in person and not on a Zoom call. It's unbelievable to see everybody's faces uh, here for a very special event. It's so much, I think, more important to be here and to be part of this. So we encourage your participation tonight. Also letting you know that there are pretzels back there. If you want to break away for a soft pretzel, that's good. Anytime you feel hungry, you want to get one, go back there. There's also some waters over here. And also to remind you that tonight is Dollar Dog Night. You got a buck, you got a dog, okay? So that'll be good. But this is uh, our April installment of Strike Out the Stigma, presented by our sponsor, Kate Law Offices. And we really appreciate the folks at Kate because uh, they're allowing us to do this. Uh, it, it is through their help that we're able to host everybody here at, at the ballpark tonight. The uh, Philadelphia Phillies, in, connect, in connection with Minding Your Mind, there are partners, and you'll hear about them in a moment. Uh, we'll be presenting a community outreach initiative all season focused on bringing important conversations to the forefront about the value of healthy life habits and really trying to get rid of the negative connotation, the negative stigma, if you will, of having mental health challenges and wellness in our young athletes. That's primarily what we're going to talk about tonight. And as you look around, you can see that most of you are young athletes, or at least young people. So we're targeting this for you tonight, and we're so happy that, that all of you are here. And I think you're going to learn an awful lot that's going to help you adjust, especially as we come out of, of this pandemic that we've been, uh, we've been dealing with for a couple of years. We encourage a safe space during our Strike Out the Stigma events. Hope you all will engage with our panel. If you have a question or something they said that uh, brings to mind, well, I'd like to know more about that. Or since he's talking about that or she's talking about that, I have a question about this. It's very similar. If that happens, then raise your hand, and we'll have a Phillies representative get you a microphone. Or if you're close enough, you can just, uh, just say it without the microphone. Uh, please just raise your hand or... Uh, at first, before you, before you ask the question, and we'll recognize you. We'll be recording this. You can see we have our team of video services back there. And we'll be distributing tonight's panel for hundreds of families, sometimes thousands of families, to view on the Internet via phillies.com. So even some folks who are not here with us tonight in person will be able to benefit from the knowledge that we gain. Uh, tonight, we are lucky to have just an incredible panel to speak with all of you, so let's meet them. New for 2022, we will have a member of our Phillies front office join me as a co-host on our panel. He's all the way at the other side. He is the Director of Youth Baseball and Softball Development with the Philadelphia Phillies, and his name is John Joaquin, so let's have a big hand for John. John, thank you for being here. Thank you. Now, John, I mentioned to everybody that you're dealing with uh, youth sports with the Phillies. Give us a little more of an idea, because John said I don't usually wear a sport coat. Usually I've got, you know, sweatpants or, or, or sneakers, and uh, I'm running around ready for a game. So let everybody know what your role is here with the Phillies. Yes, well, thank, thank you guys for having me here tonight. It's a pleasure to be down here, and I'm excited to have you guys here. This is probably our first uh, major event where we've had people in person uh, for this type of discussion. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, again, my name is John Joaquin with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I am Director of Youth Baseball and Softball Development Programs here with the Phillies. I oversee all our youth baseball and softball initiatives, uh, which includes some of the kids here are from our RBI program. We oversee over 5,000 kids that play baseball. 
uh, here in the Philadelphia area uh, in the Delaware Valley. I also oversee some of our college. We just completed our college ball tournaments uh, last week. Uh, we have our high school showcase coming up in June. And uh, all the other youth baseball clinics that we do in the city comes through my department uh, with baseball and softball. Gotcha. Right next to John is uh, a member of Minding Your Mind, the organization that we have uh, kind of had co-sponsor us here. Uh, they uh, deal in the city uh, and suburbs with talking with young people in schools. This is Scott Pendergrass. And uh, Scott, uh, we've had you before uh, here, and it's great to see you again. Let's have a round of applause for Scott, if we would. Thank you. One thing Scott is not as shy. Scott, tell us a little bit about your role with Minding Your Mind. Awesome. Well, thank you, Scott. It's always nice to see another Scott out here. We know we got to stick together. So, hello, everybody. My name is Scott Prendergast, and I'm one of the speakers with an organization called Minding Your Mind. And ultimately, what I do is very simple, but it's very important. So I travel to different middle schools, high schools, colleges, all over the country, sharing my own personal story and my own experience in dealing with mental health while I was growing up. Now, we do this as an organization with Minding Your Mind as a way to just get a conversation started. Okay, so the whole reason that Minding Your Mind exists and my whole idea of what I do is to just get this conversation about mental health started among kids, parents, teachers, everybody. And so that's really what we do and that's also why I'm here today as well, is to kind of share some of my insights and what I've learned and also being an athlete growing up and to where I am now in the importance of mental health. Thanks, Scott. And sitting next to us, Scott, is another member of our Phillies youth softball team. Please welcome Trinea White. <laughs> Trinea, share with our, our folks here a little bit about your career path, uh, what brought you to the Phillies, and what you do with our ball club. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to the Phillies uh, for having me and all the partners here with this event. Um, as mentioned, I am Trinea White. I currently um, I work as a police patrol officer, but most importantly, I have been involved within the Phillies and all of their youth programs for going on 10 years now. I was a Phillies ball girl in 2015 and 2016, um, and most my favorite by far uh, contribution to the Phillies is being a youth academy coach. Um, so I coached the 18U team, and then most recently I have been helping uh, Monica and John and running our RBI 18U uh, softball league. Um, we just started it to get more girls involved and get a unified league within the city. Um, so I'm in charge of scheduling and I'm getting umps to sign and things like that. So I've been involved with the Phillies for a while and I'm looking forward to talking to you about my experience as a coach and as a player um, in, in regards to our mental health. Thanks, Trinaya. And uh, Johnny, yeah, give her a hand. Once again, we try to let everybody know just the Phillies is more than the players you see on the field. We have a lot of people in our front office that really, you know, enhance the fan experience at games and also are available to help our young people because we really want to advance the game of baseball and softball. Justin Tillingast is here. Let's have a big hand for Justin. I'll, I'll try to tell you what he does because he's, he's pretty active. Uh, Justin is a cognitive performance expert. Uh, he is uh, doing that job with the Department of Defense. Uh, serves as a lead CPE at the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School. Coach Tillingas works with various special forces detachments in mental performance and previously, get this guys, worked 
and girls worked with Naval Special Warfare as a cognitive performance specialist in Damneck, uh, Virginia. Uh, Justin, tell us a little bit about uh, how your career there uh, kind of melds into what you're doing here. So thank you, Scott, and I also wanted to thank John uh, for the invitation. So my relationship with the Phillies began many years ago working with the uh, Urban Youth Academy over at the fields uh, throughout the summers. And during that time, I too was running a baseball organization that had 18 teams and 186 players uh, throughout the tri-state area. But the thing that always drove me as a person is I wanted to know what made top performers who they were. What was it about an individual that made them a top performer, whether it was an MLB player, whether it was like Scott at the top of his game. Uh, and, and that goes across anything. And really, my, my development as a cognitive performance expert came for that love of the understanding of the human uh, person and what drives that person, and what can I do to help the, the youth, as well as our military population, uh, become better human beings, and also to set goals for themselves outside of what they're used to, whether it's the military or baseball, or however it may be. And you know, thank you all for coming. Uh, mental health is something that's very close to my heart. Uh, especially with the youth and with our uh, recent COVID bout and not being able to, to be in front of people and, and have that human interaction, it's very important that we support our youth as we come out of this and they begin to develop back into their normal routine. So thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Justin. I'm gonna turn it over to uh, John. Uh, our co-host, who has the first question for our panel of experts. John? Sure. Well, uh, again, uh, before I, I ask this question, I want to let you know that parents, too, this is very important for you guys because for many of you parents, you might be just like me. I'm a parent. I'm also a coach, too, to my kids. So when we talk about mental health and some of the issues that we have, uh, topics that we discussed today, it's something that we can apply to our kids or to the kids that we coach as well. So it's not just for those athletes. So please feel free to ask any questions that you have. My first question actually goes to you, Justin. Um, thank you again for being here today. And I know you uh, from, from, from uh, or sorry. Scott. For, Scott, <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. It's okay. As a former athlete, uh, I know you were a former athlete. When we talk about being an athlete and facing our games, we talk about, we, we might experience something that might affect us, adversity or something that might get us down, right? Our confidence is down. We might experience something for baseball and softball, might be striking out. Um, how do you deal with that as an athlete? Um, how can we cope with it? How can we maybe react to it? Is there any insight that you can provide us with that? Absolutely, I think that's a wonderful question. And I think anybody here who's ever played a sport understands that sports are primarily based off of failures and how you react and how you recover from those failures. You know, we look at baseball, you're a Hall of Fame hitter if you hit the ball three out of 10 times, right? So that means seven times we're gonna be quote unquote failing. But I think what's important for all of us to understand, and to your point, John, is this. With every failure, with every disappointment, there is something to be learned there. there is, that is a learning experience, a learning opportunity, if we choose to view it that way. Because we can choose to say, hey, you know what? I struck out two times today. I hate this. I, never, I don't want to play anymore. I'm never playing, blah, 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 blah. We can do that. 
Or we can say, okay, what adjustments can I make at the plate so that next time I'm gonna see a different result? Does that guarantee a different result? No, but it gives us a chance and it gives us an opportunity to take something good from what otherwise may have been viewed as a negative situation. And that's gonna help us in the long term, not just in sports, but in life as well. When those chips are down, when things aren't going well, we have to remind ourselves, hey look, there is something good to be found here. Maybe I just gotta dig a little bit deeper to find it. Right, I, and I kind of relate to that. Said, if any of you guys have ever heard the expression, you just brush it off and move on to the next play. I deal with a lot of kids. I, I coach a, a travel team for 12U, and I tell those kids too, you might strike out, you might have an error, but guess what? You really need to just brush it off and look forward to the next play and make it up and see what you, you could do to, to, to better yourself. So brush it off, move it on to the next play. Those are things that maybe you guys can take with you guys when you guys come into a situation where you might think you might have been down, you didn't have your best game, you might have struck out, brush it off and move to the next play. Right. You know, a lot of uh, young people might think that, that failure, uh, everybody's going to experience failure. And in a game like baseball, you will. And you, you know, may get to the Hall of Fame being someone that hits, uh, you know, gets three base hits out of uh, out of 10, you're 300 hitter, you might get there. But the other part is to dealing with success, believe it or not. And this goes to the parents, because you might remember a gentleman by the name of Pat Gillick, who was in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Pat was here as our general manager, put together the 2008 World Championship team. And every time I was with him, he would always say, character plays big. Character plays big. So Trinea, isn't it also important if you're an athlete, a young athlete who's had success, also to be a really good teammate and help out those uh, members of your team who maybe are struggling a little bit? Oh, absolutely. You know, our sport itself is built on, you know, nine people on the field or 10 people when you're your age. And you look to those teammates and you want to be able to help those teammates, just like you want them to be able to be there to pick you up. Um, that is absolutely huge within softball and baseball in life is to always have someone there that you can you know, talk to and say, hey, I'm struggling right now. Is there anything you see that I can do better on the field? Um, looking to your, your teammates and your coaches and your parents to face those slumps or those bad moments and just push through, see the negative, and hopefully that there's a, a brighter side and a, a better outcome on the other side. And then take that one step farther when Pat Gillick uh, would scout players. First of all, he tried to do it on the sly because when other teams found out that Pat Gillick was scouting a player, all of a sudden there would be a lot of scouts from other teams. Well, who is Pat looking at? Because we better look at him. But Pat said he not only looked at the athlete that he was primarily there scouting, he also looked at, and he would sit all the way down, if the team was the home team on the third base side, he would sit all the way down the right field line because he wanted to see the reaction of the athlete he was scouting, if he made an out, what was gonna happen? Was he gonna throw his bat? And also, what kind of reaction he would have for one of his teammates who maybe was struggling? How would he greet him in, in, the, uh, in the dugout afterwards? Is he a team leader? Is he somebody who lifts uh, his teammates rather than you know being very sullen? So that all goes to that, and it's all part of what we're talking about tonight, which is success and failure and the best way to deal with both. John? Right. And, you know, um, you know, our Major League Baseball Club is, is definitely 
you know, they're, they're in the limelight, they're on TV, we get to, to, to often see how they react to things. And many of our, our, our athletes right now, they are trying to go through it the right way in regards to how they can maybe, from what we said before, brush it off, move it to the next, or when they're, they're um, you know, striking out or whatnot, how do they get back? How do they build their confidence and whatnot? Um, you know, for you guys, you young athletes, you guys get to see these people on TV. Social media is also a huge thing that's obviously in existence. And some of you guys that are, that are younger athletes, maybe you have access to that social media, TikTok, Twitter, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my question to you, maybe, Justin, you can help me out with this too. I mean, because that's so prominent, maybe how, do, how can these athletes maybe get away from that that idea of, hey, I look at this player, I look at this, like, I see this guy that hits home runs, I want to look at that player. However, maybe I'm not as big or as tall as that person. Social media could be a big impact in, in perception. How can these athletes kind of deal with that and maybe learn, work with what you have and not with what you see, you know, in social media? So, of course, John picks the oldest person on the panel to ask social media questions. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's what's called social uh, rewards processing, and it's really trying to get likes to feel liked. You know, we, we, we look at the best of, of what people are putting out there. We don't see their worst. We don't see all the struggles that they've had to get where they are. So the thing that, that I can't drive home enough with parents is if you take away anything from what I say tonight, remember this. Think all-star game, ASG, and sit down when your son comes to you, your daughter comes to you and says, I really want to be like Bryce Harper. And you can say, give me five or six qualities about Bryce Harper that you like and write them down. And then from those five or six qualities, ask them, number one, A, is it an attitude trait that you like about him? Is it because he hustles? Because that's something that I can do as an athlete. Number two, is it a skill? He's worked very hard to get where he is. Is it something that I can do? Can I hit 300 baseballs a day to get to the point where I feel like I'm developing? And then the last thing is, is it a gift? Is it something that just was, was given to him at birth? Because that's something that I have no control over. And in special operations, we talk a lot about front sight focus. I can only have control of my three-foot world. I can't control the weather. I can't control my op tempo. As baseball players, I definitely can't control the umpire strike zone. <laughs> but I can definitely control the, the work ethic that I have to try to become those five or six traits that I see in that player that I see on social media. So social media can be a positive learning experience and it's something that as parents we can be involved in. That's, that's really good. That's John, really I'd like to, uh, to talk again a little bit about how we're, we're dealing with an honesty factor here for all of us. And uh, during our first Zoom call back when we started this, uh, I revealed for the first time, because here I am talking about anxiety, and, and maybe sound like I'm judging others, which I'm not. But I revealed uh, for the first time really in public that I suffer from occasional anxiety. I, I have anxious moments. Uh, not here, because now I got this in front of me, and you're all out there. But if we had to go into a room where all of us were together, and I had to make small talk with all of you, I, I would feel you all kind of getting close to me. 
and I, and I might even start you know, to perspire a little bit. Uh, I would feel very uneasy. So that's, uh, that's just what it is, and, and I'd like to, to ask you guys now, since we've really come into the program a little bit, uh, if, if any of you, uh, I'm talking about the young people here, uh, have, have any, any feelings when you go to the plate, or uh, you know, maybe you don't feel as, as comfortable at the plate as maybe you might. Yes, please, step up here and give us your question. Justin will give you a microphone, and thank you for being courageous enough to come up here. Come on, Nick. Give Nick some encouragement. All right, so I just want to, like, ask all of you, how long have you guys been playing baseball for? Okay, so how long? Uh, I know John played at a young age. Here, I'll take that. Right, uh, you know what? Yeah, that's good. Keep it like that. There you go. So for me, I was, when I was your age, I played baseball until I was a freshman year of college, Okay. I've been out of college for 20 plus years working for the Phillies. So however, if I didn't play anymore, I've worked with this organization for 20 plus years to be able to work in the youth space to interact with the kids. Young kids as young as five years old, all the way up to kids that have been in high school, graduating high school, going into college, are now college athletes. I've worked with a, a whole array of kids your age. So for me, even though I am not playing, I still have that baseball experience in me from the other side of the, the lines where I can help be there to coach them, to talk to them, or be an ear for them uh, through those years. Trey's actually been one of my former players uh, through the RBI program. So when she was in high school, I was working for the Phillies. So that kind of shows you the, the longevity I've had here with the Phillies. I've been honored to have it, but again, to work with the kids, uh, with you guys, even though I am not playing, uh, I didn't play past my, my freshman year of, of college. I was still in the game in some, in some shape uh, or form. Yeah, everybody here is a pretty good athlete, Nick. And, uh, you know, they played baseball, but, but they didn't play it well enough or long enough that they have a Phillies uniform on and they're on the other side of the ballpark warming up for tonight's game. So that's not quite so important as, as maybe your stage right now at, at your stage in life. You play baseball, do you? Uh, are you a pretty good player? You can hit the microphone now. Yeah. You are? So uh, how, do you, how, do you deal, how do you deal, how do you deal, Nick, with some of your teammates that might be struggling? Well, I try to help them as best as I can, but if I can't help them, I try to tell the coaches about it. That's good. So an open discussion is always important, right? Uh, you know, Justin, it's, it's important to talk. Here, let's give the microphone back to Justin. <laughs> Important to, especially when you're young, if you have a situation that maybe you feel uncomfortable about in any way, to let your coach know, right? And I always say as a player that if you have a teammate who's struggling, you're going to want to pick them up because at some point in this game, you're going to be struggling, and you're going to hope that that person's there for you as well. Um, definitely a team sport, and it's important that everyone's in it together and all pulling for each other. Nick, thank you. Let's give Nick a big hand for coming up here. And John, just to, just to kind of finish on this topic about success and failure, nobody wears a major league uniform unless they were A, the best player in their school, B, the best player in their area, C, uh, the best player probably in their state, and had advanced at every level of minor league baseball. So you have a guy like Alec Bohm, 
right, our third baseman. He's really, really good. He was drafted in the first round. So he's like the best of the best. But even the best of the best can struggle. And the other night, Alec Bohm made three errors in the first inning. Three errors. Now, that's enough to destroy anybody's confidence. But his teammates gathered around him. The older guys said, hey, you know what? It'll turn for you. Get back in the game. Keep your head in the game. And didn't he get a big hit, John, at the end to help us win the game? So your moment might not come in the first inning. It might come in the ninth inning. It may not come when you're seven years old. It might come when you're eight years old. But that moment's going to come. Prepare for it. Prepare for success. But accept the times that you're failing and ask for others' help. John, I'm going to throw a question at you since you're not only our co-host, but you've also dealt a lot with young people in sports. What is the most common, uh, maybe anxious moment that young people would have as they enter uh, the Phillies RBI program or youth softball? Well, you know, when we, we talk to our young athletes, obviously they're just like you guys, right? They're the ones that are very excited to be on the field, throw the ball around, and then the biggest anxious moment is when they step up to the plate, right? They want to do everything. They've hit in the cages. They've hit off the tee. They know they can hit the ball. But guess what? Once you get in that batter's box, you know that it's just you and that pitcher. So a lot of people kind of get that anxious about, hey, I want to hit that ball. And if they don't hit that ball, what am I going to do? All right? Why can't I hit that ball? Then they feel like it's their, themselves, that they're in the wrong. They don't know how to play. But that's not the case. You know, we talked about that, about the game of failure, and three out of ten times is a success for us. But you know what? What might help you guys is make sure that you guys have a positive approach to everything, right? A positive approach meaning a positive attitude, a positive outlook of how you're going to approach the game. Oh, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to hit the ball. Don't say, I'm going to go here, here we go, I might strike out. That's not the right way to do it. However, if you think about it, you get up to that plate, I know I'm going to hit that ball. I want to hit that ball. That confidence in you. I always be, I'm a big preacher, and maybe because I am, I am a former Villanova guy, so I always go through the Jay Wright side of saying attitude and confidence. Right. right? Those are two big things that you guys should have instilled in you. Attitude, a positive attitude. Have that when you're, when you're doing something. And confidence. Do it with confidence. Never doubt yourself. Never doubt your ability. I always like to say a positive attitude creates positive results. When I was an intern with the Phillies, I wanted so hard to be a full-time employee here. I asked, I told myself, if I dress professional, which I think I'm doing a pretty good job compared to, like Scott said, how I, I usually dress. If you dress professional, you act professional. You get professional results. So apply that to sports. I have a positive attitude. If I have a positive attitude, right, I will have positive results, right? My mind frame is positive. I'm going to stay positive through everything. And again, like I said, you put everything together. If you don't hit it, take the positives out of it. Hey, I faced a batter. I got to see some pitches. The next time I go up there, I'm going to look for it again. And I'm going to try and hit that ball again, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'd just like to, to mention an, a, a, an example. And this may be for, for the parents even more than, than the kids. Uh, Mark DeRosa was a former major league baseball player. Uh, it went to the University of Pennsylvania. You know, good, good, good player, smart guy. Uh, he now works as a, a television host on an MLB program in the morning, and it's called MLB Central. But on the show Monday morning, 
the people around him said, you look kind of down today. What's the problem? He said, well, what the problem is my son's youth travel team. I don't know why I, I forget that every one of these kids on this team is going to be a major league player because that's how their parents act. And, and I think we're all somewhat guilty of that at times, that we think our, our young people have extraordinary talent. And that's not to say we shouldn't believe in our young people. We should absolutely believe in our young people and encourage our young people. But also realize, as I said before, there's limitations to almost every one of you guys right here on how far you're going to go. The important thing is to have fun at the level you're on now and try your best to, uh, to be your best. John, you want right. to throw the next question out? Yeah, uh, you know, this whole thing, we're talking about you guys as athletes and, and, and the mental approach of athletes. Well, it also goes beyond just the field, right? It's our everyday lives, right, on how we have to deal with any obstacle that we might have, right? Making a judgment in school, right? Approaching schoolwork or being with your friends or whatnot. So when we apply that, um, we had a question that actually fits that mold. And I want to ask Trey, maybe you can help me out with this if I ask. It was a question that came in uh, from one of our young athletes. He actually asked, as a black man growing up in the neighborhood that mental health is not spoken about, how can we change the stigma? Again, I want to reiterate, this is not a question that applies to the playing field in itself, but to our everyday lives. So maybe, Trey, if you can offer some, uh, some words from that, and, and obviously anybody else wants to, to piggyback on, on maybe what Trey says later on. Uh, so Nick, right? Yeah. Nick said, on the field, when his friends are having a rough time, and you try to be there for your friend, right? Yeah. So... In order to break the, stig the stigma or break through barriers, a lot of times it just takes that one person, that one friend to stand up and say, hey, I've got your back right now. What do you need me to be? Do you need me to listen? Do you need to take a walk? Do you need me to go and get a meal with you or something and of that nature? Um, so it correlates to, the, to uh, the community as well of just being there for your teammates and being there for your friends and for your family. Because the hardest thing and the reason why there's stigma is because we all feel like we can't talk or we can't uh, relate those things or our parents won't understand or we will be judged by our friends. But you never know because all it takes is one person. And you can be that one person for someone else or someone can be that one person for you. But if you're that one person for them, they can be a one person for another person and another person after that. And then here we are. We have everyone sharing and hopefully making for a better place for everyone mentally. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, the next question here uh, has to do with mental wellness, which is why we're all here. And Scott, I'd like you to handle this one if you would. Uh, Specifically, being a perfectionist, which is impossible in the game of baseball because nobody, I mean, once in a while a pitcher will throw a perfect game, but that's about the only way you can find perfection in our game. Uh, what's the best way uh, for developing maybe a, a thick skin to, to deal with when times are not going good? And, and maybe especially at, at these, these young people's age, they take 
those anxieties home with them mm -hmm. rather than going out and having ice cream with their teammates uh, and having fun and talking about the game? Absolutely. I think that's a great question, Scott. And I think it's something that everybody can relate to here because in one way or another, one shape or form in all of our lives, we want to pursue that perfection, right? We have this idea, oh, if I do this, I'll be good enough. Oh, if I accomplish that, maybe I'll be enough for myself or somebody else. But really, we have to break that loyalty to those types of thoughts, right? We have to understand that who we are right now, exactly the way that we are, is already enough. Okay, and whatever we do on the field, whatever we do in the classroom, this or that, that's a bonus. But we don't have to define ourselves by whether I get two doubles and a triple today or whether I strike out three times. That might be part of me, part of my day, yeah, but that doesn't define me. And I think understanding that is really important. And to go along with that, understanding this as well, too. You're going to have these anxieties. You're going to have these fears. That's part of life. Any of your parents can tell you that. That's going to happen. We can allow it to, so to speak, be in the car, but we don't want those fears and anxieties to drive the car, right? That's the way that I kind of think of it. You know, understand it, allow yourself to feel it, but also don't let those fears and anxieties dictate the decisions that you make. You know, this takes some time to do, but if you become aware of that, I think it's really going to be something that's going to help you through whatever the struggles might be on the field, off the field, or just in life. And you bring up a good point. Your parents are there for you, right? As athletes, you have your parents, you have your coaches, right, uh, that you can turn to. Um, we have a lot of parents over here, too. So obviously, uh, being proud parents, we also want to be able to support what we can do with the kids on the field and off the field. Um, Justin, I have a question for you. I know with your background now, again, I've known you as a baseball coach first, and now obviously you've gone into your profession, but how can you maybe parallel what you've been doing and maybe for the parents that are out here, how can these parents be there to help support our kids, um, you know, with mental, uh, maybe, maybe the, the mental health side of things? Are there signs maybe? Are there just something that they can do, you know, when they're home with these kids? What, what, what can we offer to these parents? It's a great question, and it, it really, I'm not here to preach to anyone. As a father of a high school baseball player, I'm a former uh, Division II baseball coach, imperfect as a husband, imperfect as an employee, imperfect all around. Um, the one thing that I can say is a parent, words matter. How we address our children's failures are going to really drive the rest of their lives and how they react to failure. In Special Forces, we say fail forward fast, meaning get the failure out of the way because the faster I do that, the closer I am to success. So if I'm able to allow my children to fail and even encourage that failure and get it out of the way, they're gonna see success much quicker. Not put any type of label, we all wear these labels. I'm not a, two, I'm not a good two strike hitter. I don't hit the curveball well. I'm not a good outfielder, whatever it may be, these labels came from somewhere. And really, if I allow myself to fail, I'm that much closer to succeeding. So as a parent, words matter in how we address our children and their failures. Very good answer. Uh, I'd like to make sure that we're not neglecting anybody who might have a question, and that includes parents as well as young people. Is there anybody who might want to talk about? Uh... Oh, we got, good, yeah, John, here. thank here you. We go. How do, you deal, how do you deal with the stress of failure? How do you deal with the stress, stress of failure? How do you deal with the stress of failure? So I, I can take you down that road a little bit because I have plenty of failure and plenty of experience with it. 
Um, the, the, the easiest way to deal with that stress is in the military, we use something called box breathing. And what box breathing is, we take a deep breath in for, and hold it for four seconds. We exhale and hold that exhale for four seconds. And if we do that four times, you'll suddenly realize that all that stress, because our body has what's called a physiological reaction. So what that means is I start to get the butterflies in the stomach, my palms start to sweat, I start to feel very anxious. If I'm able to focus on that breath, it kind of removes that stress from me. You'll, you'll suddenly feel that anxiety kind of wash away from you. Good idea. Scott, can you pitch in there a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. I love box breathing. I think that's something that I practice multiple times. It's something I do probably almost every day if I'm being 100% honest with everybody. But I think also just understanding that the stress of failure is something that is normal. Like it is normal to have these feelings. And I think a lot of times what happens, people say, oh, I have this feeling of failure. What's wrong with me? That's not normal. Did I do something wrong? Am I always going to feel this way? And we have to take a step back kind of separate from that feeling for a moment and say, okay, I'm feeling this, but I know it's temporary. And I know, like I said before, that something can be taken that can be a learning experience from it. And I think when we go into it with that mindset, it's really gonna make it an experience that we don't shy away from, but rather we kind of dive into so that we can take those good things from it. And we were talking earlier about looking for signs from your teammates, uh, Trey, and that's, that's, that's something you can usually see. If, if one of your teammates just looks a little different in the dugout or, or Maybe he's, you know, he or she has got his or her shoulders up tight. You can see those are signs of stress. So how do you go about, you know, taking care of that situation as a good teammate? How do you go to them if maybe you think that maybe they don't want me to talk to them? So as a coach, and this is something you can do as a good teammate as well, and I actually have some of the girls that I've said this very thing to, um, it's very important to say, hey, Remember that time you made this play? It was awesome, right? That time you dove for this ball or that time you hit the ball so hard that you were rounding third for a triple or you're rounding third to go home. Um, just believe in yourself and tell your teammate, you can do it. I believe in you. We all believe in you. We've seen you do it multiple times. And just remind them and remind yourself if you're in that slump that you can do all things mm -hmm. as long as you put your mind to it. Question for everybody, who was your role model that you learned from as a young person, the same age as some of these young people? Uh, just a second, Nick, we'll get back to you here in a second. Nick's going to be a broadcaster one day, I can see this. Uh, oh, you want to be with the Phillies, okay, well that's good, you know, just keep working hard, just keep working hard and practicing. Uh, Scott, deal with, with that question, if you would, a little bit. Your role model, and, and maybe not just because they were an athlete, because they were able to face adversity and, and come out on the other side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think role models for me were both my mom and my dad, my parents. I mean, seeing them grow up and all the different things that they went through trying to provide for three kids when incomes were tight, uh, and seeing the sacrifices they made, seeing the constant you know, failures that they had to deal with, but they kept moving forward. And that taught me that, hey, look, if I keep moving forward, no matter what comes my way in this life, no matter what it is, I will be able to keep moving forward and better days are ahead. And I think seeing that every day as a kid from the time where I lived at home from when I was you know, born till 18, it made a huge impact for me. So I'd say my mom and dad were definitely the biggest uh, influences for me in that regard. Gotcha. Okay, we're going to head to our final question now. And a reminder that the pretzels are still available back there. If you're hungry, before you go to your hot dogs, 
We have a great dinner of pretzels and hot dogs. It'll be wonderful. A little bicarbonate of soda afterwards. And some water over here. So uh, let's, let's go to a question that one of you folks had here. John, this was uh, actually from, uh, from one of our folks who is attending and would like Justin to talk about it. Uh, it reads, how do you separate the game from your personal life? Does personal life affect the way you play in a positive manner or negative? If it's negative, how do you turn it into positive motivation? So when it comes to the game, you have to realize that it is just that, just the game. And we, we talk a lot about effective versus ineffective thoughts. So an effective thought is, I really enjoy playing the game. An ineffective thought may be, this game's really hard, I'm not that good at it. So you have to look for the positive in everything, no matter what it is, and there's always a silver lining. Um, and, and really that, that changing the mindset and having a growth mindset, I'm sure some of you have read Carol Dweck's book about growth mindset, but really changing everything and using effective thoughts to, to give you that positive mindset that you're able to move forward through anything and not allow the game to define you as a person. You're not a baseball player, you're a human being who plays baseball. John, you know, uh, we're here to strike out the stigma. That's the whole reason we're trying to increase mental health awareness. Uh, maybe uh, we can ask our other two panelists here uh, how we can get that call to action out there, John. I can't hear you with all the rain, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was just going to say maybe we should ask uh, maybe Scott and Trey as we, as we leave here because we're running short of time. How do we get a call to action uh, to spread uh, the in increase the, the awareness of mental challenges? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll go very quickly and I'll let this expert here finish this out. But um, I'm going to do a call to our parents and our coaches that are here today. Uh, you are very, very important to not only your child, but all the other children that are on the field as well. Um, they always look to their parents for affirmation that things are going well. And just one quick piece of advice. A coach of mine used to always say, you know, and preach to all of our parents, at the end of the game, tell your kid that they did a great job and then ask him what you want to eat. Um, <laughs> like so, Hunter Pence, great game, yeah. let's eat. Let's eat. Because uh, the kids are going to be sometimes stressed, but allowing them that moment to breathe and them seeing you so relaxed can be truly helpful for them in the long run. Scott, the final word to you, sir. Absolutely. When we're talking about mental health for parents and kids, I think it's important for us to realize that it's just okay to talk about it. You know, it's okay to have those days where you're feeling like, hey, I just am not feeling like myself today. I'm in a really sad place today. It's okay to be open and to understand that. And for parents, maybe relaying it to them saying, hey, look, I felt like that before too. I've also had days like that and I'm your mom or dad. And that makes your kids feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not alone and it is okay to talk about it. Because the more conversations we have about this, that's exactly how we're gonna eventually lessen this stigma by getting it out there in the open, letting people know it's okay to share your story and your experience and your pain and also being a safe space and a safe person to do that. I think if we do that, as the rain comes through the tarp here, you're going to be doing everything you can to help lessen the stigma and that's why we have this event today. There you go. Great, great words of advice. I'd like to thank my co-host John, uh, also our outstanding panel, Scott, Trey, and Justin. Let's give them a final uh, thank you.
And on behalf of the Phillies, thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, we can't control the rain. That's one thing we can't do. But I understand it's supposed to lighten up. And last I heard was there was a very good chance we could start the game maybe in a light rain. So let's keep our fingers crossed and go Phillies. And thanks again, everybody, for coming.